Hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 263. And I think, uh, to be clear, this is internet security episode. We're going to talk to Trend Micro today uh, about internet security. I think it's a, it's a common thing we talk about, but not as maybe often as we should. So we'll cover off what's happening in the world of internet security, the things you need to be worried about, and where you need to protect yourself. Um, we've got a couple of calls tonight on global roaming and other things, but we'll get to those shortly. Stack of things, though, to, um, to just kind of mention, I think, really. Uh, I don't even know if I'll get to them, but I'll try. Um, I want to talk about the, the world of search this year, uh, and Yahoo 7 and Bing have both released their, uh, their details of, uh, you know, large search numbers and most popular searches for 2014. Google yet to come, but that'll be very soon. Um, I've, I've reviewed this week another great product, and this is one of those things you just you just look at these products and you think, how can you do better? And then they just do. So this is the um, the iPhone stand or iPad stand from high from high rise called the high rise from 12 South. Uh, the Bang and Olufsen A B O Play A2. Oh my God, gorgeous product, gorgeous. Sound like someone else there. Um, and. Uh, yeah, beautiful quality. High price, but uh, beautiful quality. Under 500 though. Now, I want to talk, and I'll, I'll just briefly in a moment, about uh, the uh, the death of Philip Hughes and the way that social media has connected the country, let alone the world, on that. And uh, and a really great story, which I'll bring you shortly, in brief tonight, but then uh, in great detail later in the week on eftm.com.au. But it's all about you. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, uh, absolutely doesn't matter what it is. Um, get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au or yourtechlife.com. Uh, send me an email. Say good day, and I'll try and help you out with your question or problem. You can join me on Twitter at Trevor Long, uh, or you can call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. So much to talk about in our tech lives, and uh, that's that's what we do here. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, and GPS Technologies. Um, supporting uh, your tech life, and uh, we appreciate their support. We'll tell you about uh, their products shortly here on Your Tech Life. I, uh, I mean, uh, the Philip Hughes um, tragedy is is exactly that, and it's it's a tough tough word to use a lot of the time. Tragedy, and it's probably overused. But you know, cricket is not meant to be a deadly sport. And I think that's why the the nation literally uh, is grieving the loss of Philip Hughes. Now, I think the the key here to remember is not everyone knows who Philip Hughes is. I mean, I was aware of him, but I wouldn't have spotted him in the street. Um, here's a guy, young, 25, playing cricket, playing for his state, having played for his country and likely on the verge of selection for his country again. And uh, he gets struck by a ball and, and that. That incident, freakish incident, uh, causes his his untimely death. And when his death was announced on Thursday last week, you know, Twitter lit up, the just the world lit up because you know phones were ringing, the the radio stations, the TV stations. It, it was this was unbelievable news. And I think that uh, while some people struggle to understand why, I think that a lot of people know that it's because this is our national sport. We certainly don't expect it. You have no experience with it. And he was so young. 
And what was, to me, unbelievable uh, about this week was the gesture of a man named Paul Taylor in uh, in Sydney's north. Now, I, I should disclose I, I know Paul broadly, uh, you know, six degrees of separation or, or, or a few less. Um, but he... Um, he is the partner of a, of a friend of ours and, and a, a kind of a school dad at my local, my, my son's school. Um, and so I've spoken to Paul and I'll, I'll bring you Paul's story later in the week. But what Paul did last Thursday was put a cricket bat out the front of his house, took a photo of it, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, shared it on the ABC 702 Facebook page, you know, tweeted it to the Sydney Morning Herald and to a couple other media outlets, and a couple of people pick it up. A couple of people ran it. A couple of people retweeted it or put it into their stories. And then it snowballed. Sachin Tendulkar put a bat out, tweeted, and used the hashtag put out your bats. The, the Prime Minister, uh, you know, Piers Morgan, you know, unbelievably high-profile people from around the world. But critically... Unbelievably, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of everyday people put a cricket bat out the front of their house, took a photo, shared it on their social media channels. It, crea- it literally created a way that individuals like you and me, with no emotional attachment to Philip Hughes, but for some reason an overburdened emotional attachment to his passing, were able to just to do, to, to put a gesture out. Just to put a bat out the front, take a photo, share it. And can you imagine, and it is hard, I, I appreciate, to think about months away for the family, but imagine months away for the family looking back and seeing the numbers of cricket bats, seeing the photos, and just getting a sense that this was enormous. This was something special. And it really is. It's something simple. You don't have to cry. You don't have to... You know, write a 200-word, you know, dissertation about, you know, how Philip Hughes' death has affected you. You should put a bat out the front. And I've seen TV um, hosts put their bats in their studios. I've seen everything. And it's it's just such a wonderful thing that has literally united the community. Small and large. Popular, everyday people, celebrity, doesn't matter what it is. And it's been fantastic. And... Paul didn't do it because it was the Ice Bucket Challenge trying to raise money. Paul did it because he wanted to express his grief. And hundreds of other people did. Over 175,000 tweets with put out your bats as the hashtag the last time I looked. And um, that's amazing. Just fantastic. And something that no marketing organization could ever replicate. Because you try and manufacture this, it just doesn't work. People are too smart. People are savvy to, to the manufacturing of viral content. Viral content is viral because it's real. And that's what's great about it. Put out your bats. So if you're listening to this on, um, on Wednesday, the day of Philip Hughes' funeral up in Maxville, put out your bat. Put out your bat. Put it out the front. Put it at the front door. Put it at the mailbox. And uh, express your feelings. It's a great way to do it. And share a photo online. Put out your bats. One word, put out your bats as the hashtag on Twitter. Um, remember, Twitter's public, so it can be shared, it can be seen, it can be experienced. Facebook's a very private place, and 
you know, people will really see more than just their own friends. So it's a good reason to, to try and share it that way as well. Great, uh, a great initiative that wasn't planned. It wasn't workshopped. It was just one man with a great idea. And hundreds of thousands of other people agree. Well done, Paul. Great stuff. So Yahoo have told us that the world news has dominated their search in 2014. Now, to be clear, Yahoo's market share in Australia was tiny. But, you know, when you have the Channel 7 website, when you have people with Yahoo Mail, you do there's tens of thousands from hundreds of thousands of people using the site every day. And so over the course of a year, you really see what people are looking for. So here's the top 10 most popular searches of 2014, according to Yahoo 7 first. Number one is the Malaysia Airlines. Now, of course, they've had two unbelievable tragedies, and that's going to rocket them up to number one on this, this list for not the best of reasons. Number two is Minecraft, uh, purchased by Microsoft this year, and, you know, a, an amazingly popular game. Um, Frozen, the movie, even though it came out December last year. I'm tipping the song, searching for the song, searching for the video, searching for the merchandise. You know, FIFA World Cup, obviously the biggest sporting event of the year. Number four, the Australian Open, number five. I think that's there because of the Channel 7 link to Yahoo 7, personally. Peppa Pig. Everyone with pe- with kids knows about Peppa Pig. Number six, can you believe that? Number seven, Robin Williams, after his tragic death, would have gained a lot of search uh, queries. The Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Ebola, only a recent thing, but, you know, jumped right up into number nine. And number 10, In Excess. Now, again, you wonder why? Well, Channel 7. Channel 7 aired that documentary, so that's why it would make it up there. I can't imagine In Excess making it into the Google um, search top for 2014. Uh, Microsoft's top Bing searches, well, a little bit different. They, um, they, kind of, uh, they kind of gave us some top 10s in different categories. And um, you can look at all these trends uh, online uh, at Bing Trends. Uh, just search for Bing Trends. Maybe use Bing instead of Google. Um, and then you can just click on, on everything. Um, celebrities, whatever you like, all the, all the top 10. So celebrities, Miranda Kerr, number, number one. Kate Middleton, Robin Williams, Katy Perry. Uh, music, Katy Perry, One Direction, Justin Bieber. Blech. No John Farnham, what's going on there? Movies, uh, Frozen, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Hunger Games, uh, Star Wars, number nine. I mean, it's not even a movie. And they made it to number nine. Fashion brands, ASOS. News and current affairs, uh, obviously, well, actually, they've split it out a bit. Missing MH370, and then at number three, MH17, and at number two, Ebola. Rolf Harris trial at number nine. The World Cup was number one in sport, followed by the Commonwealth Games, the AFL, and then the NRL. Daniel Ricciardo, number six there. Uh, in technology, the iPhone 6, Xbox One, and iPad, the top three, with Fitbit at number four. And in politics, Tony Abbott, Bill Shorten, Julie Bishop, Clive Farmer, Julie Girard, and Jackie Lambie at number six, ahead of Gough Whitlam. Unbelievable. Really, really is unbelievable when you think about the power of uh, these almost independent senators. So that's, the, uh, that's what we search for in 2014, and I'll bring you the Google information when that uh, is released shortly here on Your Tech Life. So I reviewed the uh, the high-rise from 12 South, a great little desktop stand, you would say, for your iPhone or iPad mini. 
Uh, you can probably put an iPad on there as well, but it's, it's small. And it's a great looking stand, and it's now available in gold and black, but it's also now so much easier. This is a, the device that you had to use an Allen key to assemble, and you also had to buy a cable for your charger. Well, the good news is the Hi-Rise Deluxe at $70 comes with a cable. No more Allen key. It's got a, uh, a, a twist, a thumb twisting uh, uh, kind of nut. Very easy to do, to use. And I mention this only because it is so cool. It's so simple. It's such a simple product. And this is one of those things that I think you just got to have on your desk at work because we, we whinge about battery life. I mean, just put a stand on your desk. Stop your complaining. The High Rise Deluxe from 12th South. Check it out at eftm.com.au. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But travel along's the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school. And it wasn't fair, but he don't care. He's cool today. Call him techie. Travel a good uh, product and Bang & Olsen make something sensational right so B&O as they're known have a sub brand called B&O Play and they have I reviewed a product this week called the B&O Play A2 now this is very unique very different in terms of Bluetooth speaker firstly it's $500 $449 I think um, it's beautiful it's got a leather strap so you can actually carry it around so that it's actually one of the most portable Bluetooth speakers I've seen but it's very thin, and it's unusually thin in terms of design because you've got this. It's, I think I, I put the measurements on the website. Uh, it's four seventy nine, by the way. Twenty five centimeters long, fifteen tall, and four point four centimeters thick. So it's quite of an odd shape. You're used to having these bricks or or blocks, um, and it really thins out the proportion with that. And it, it comes in green, black, and kind of grey. I think the greys the go, and really well worth checking out. Look, if if five hundred dollars isn't a isn't a, a number you're freaking out about, this is gorgeous. Oh. Beautiful. B and O. The BO Play A2. Check it out at EFTM.com.au. I've got a full review on photos up there for you, so you can check that out nice and easy uh, right up there on the website. And with Christmas almost upon us, um, I think a fitness band is a great gift. Uh, and you should consider the fitness band that moves at the pace of your life. The Vivo Fit from Garmin is about $129. This is the um, device that learns your activity level and assigns you a personal, personalized daily goal. You already know the active steps you take. Now you can improve your overall, overall wellness today, tomorrow, and well into your future. And while it seems simple to get out of that chair and move often and more, um, Making it sticks and other things. So that's where the Vivo Fit can turn good intentions into lifelong habits. It's only, the only fitness band that greets you with a personalized daily goal, tracks your progress, and reminds you when it's time to move. And the battery life, well over a year. You're not going to find that much else. All right? Unbelievable battery life. So personal daily goals is, is the key. 
Uh, can pair with a heart rate monitor for when you have fitness activities and, of course, displays your steps, calorie distance, and monitors your sleep. The Garmin Vivo Fit. Check it out at garmin.com.au. Taking calls if you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, does not matter what it is. Uh, just go to the website, eftm.com.au, anytime. Send me an email, I'll get in touch, and we'll get you on the show. G'day, Cameron. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Uh, look, a couple of questions, Trevor. Um, I'm, 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 I'm out of contract, and I'm wanting ah, to get... lucky you. Uh, <laughs> I know. And I'm wanting to get an iPhone 6 Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big phone, mate. It's a big phone. It's a big whopper. Mate, I've but, been using um, it for the last few days um, because my my iPhone 6 was, was a bit buggy and I, I thought it, maybe they should have a look at it. So I sent it back and I kind of – I tried some Androids and stuff for a bit, but I love my iPhone. So I've been using the 6. Yeah. Man, it's a big phone. Big phone. What do you, what do you think? Too big? Honestly, yes, I do. I, I just – you know, what are you, use, what are you using now? I'm using a five, so wow, it's a it's big just, jump. It's a huge jump. Do you know what? I'll tell you, I love the phone. It's fantastic in every way except the yeah. size. So for me, what I struggle with is the fact that I need to fumble around with it to find it. Like you can't just you know, hold it and use your thumb over the edge. You've pretty much got to use two hands to do a lot of things, whether you're holding it in one hand using a finger or, you know, uh, you know, grasp, grasping your, your your finger across the front. It's just a bit awkward in normal usage. If you adapt to that, if you can adapt to that, you'll be fine. Are you going to buy yeah, it outright? No, no, no. I'm going to get it on contract, I think. Uh, I've thought about the outright, but I was a bit unsure if I bought it outright. Because um, the reason I want the 6, it's not the size, it's oh. the battery life. Yes, um, yes, you definitely get a bit of battery life, that's for sure. Oh, much better. And um, and to be honest with my five, it basically runs out at the end of a day. I'm down to about 10%. Mm. So I'm what sort of work do you do? Do you, have, do, do you have a desk at work or are you a bit mobile? Uh, I do have a desk at work, but, I, but I'm also fairly mobile. I, I, um, I use GPS apps and things like that, uh, yeah. and I find that they're just a serious battery trainer. Yeah, and look, they are. So, I, I did this. I copped a lot of, um, shall we say, feedback. Uh, for a battery test we did on a current affair last week. And, you know, it showed very clearly that the iPhones didn't have the best batteries. But what we didn't get time to point out there, but I did on the website, is they also have the smallest batteries. So you get what you pay for. But what I do, um, I've never had a problem with my iPhone except for when I'm out and about. And since I've started having, you know, good, strong um, external battery packs with me and around me when I'm traveling, I've never had a problem. Because I have a charger in the car. I have a great desk stand at work, and then, you know, I've got it by the bedside at home. So you kind of just charge it when you're not using it. And if you get a really good desk stand, like the um, the high-rise that I've, I've reviewed a couple of times on EFGM, it's a really great thing just to literally sit it on your desk, and there it's charging when you're sitting there. Anyway, I, 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 get, okay. I, get, I get the so desire. I the, yeah, mm. well, I might have a look. I might think about the, the 6 or 6 Plus a little bit more then. Think, about, but, think so, about a 6. Think about a 6. Think about yep. paying, instead of paying the extra for the plus, think about getting a really nice desk stand like the high rise and then think about getting yourself something for, you know, your backpack or whatever you kind of carry around with you when you're mobile that is just an extra battery pack. And it's just for those yeah. moments when, you, when you're really struggling, you go, oh, no worries, I can get it charged. Boom. Good, good idea, Trevor. Um, in terms of um, roaming, one of the reasons why I was thinking of going on a contract is I do from time to time travel overseas, normally for short periods, a week yep. here, a couple of weeks there. Yep. But the thing is, hotel Wi-Fi can often be pretty scratchy, and 
um, you know, I want to be able to call the kid, like Skype the kids yeah. or call my wife, things like that. Um, and I heard about Vodafone's five dollars a day, mm. and that sounded fantastic. But I just didn't know if that was the best roaming deal still. Without question. And you know, okay. people, I've been, I've literally had people email me saying, "What are you Vodafone on paying you or something?" Listen, I pay for my mobile phone with Vodafone, my, <laughs> my bill. I'm not on a contract. I'm on just one of their SIM only plans, so you don't have to be yeah. on a contract. Um, yeah. And and it is it's sensational as long as you're in the in the thirty forty countries that are covered now you know a place like Dubai is not covered but you know the U S yeah. most European countries New Zealand all, all that's covered. Um, well, my and, trips are mainly the UK, oh, Europe, perfect. that sort of stuff. So so the thing about the Vodafone roaming is this: you, you've got your you know your, your either your SIM only plan or you've got you're on contract. You've got your let's say sixty five dollars a month, seventy dollar a month plan. That might be a nice plan for you. Then That's what I'm looking at, the 70 you, buck one. You go, oh, what, here's, here's my real-time situation. When I go, oh, in four weeks, I'm going to the US for, for the Consumer mm-hmm. Electronics Show. I will land yeah. at the airport. In the plane, I will turn the phone on. I will not have disabled roaming. I'll just turn the phone on. It takes mm-hmm. a little bit extra time to connect to a network, as it always does when you're roaming. Finds a yeah. local network. You get a text message saying, welcome, but don't forget you're roaming. And because I'm on the $5 a day thing, I can start texting. I can start calling. I can start Twittering, I can start Facebooking all the way through the airport, all the way in the car on the way to the hotel. I can just use my phone as normal. So I've got, I think, about four or five gigabytes of data every month. I can yeah. use that. I can use all of that in America as long as I don't go over my total monthly amount. It's just my normal usage. Plus, I can ring American numbers for free, local calls. I can yeah. ring back to home for free. So basically, Australia and America become your home and you can ring your wife no problems you can ring the kids no problems you can Skype the kids using data no problems it's sensational see that's what's so cool about it because when I've travelled overseas before I've not had much trouble finding say a SIM card for, for cheap calls yep. home something like Labaro or something like yep. that yep. pick them up at the airport all pretty good but the problem is um, if you want to use data yeah. forget it because the data rates are just ridiculous yes, and you don't want to be swapping you know, a sim out of your phone and a sim out of your iPad and a sim out of here and there just to, to do what you normally do. You just want to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. 100%, mate. And and that's um that's the best way to go. Look, um, Optus have reasonable roaming as well. I just don't find it as simple to explain to people as the Vodafone one. It's it's more like about okay. 10 bucks a day. Um, but, you know, I think you'll find Vodafone has adequate coverage nowadays in Australia. They have excellent uh, customer service and they have the best roaming on the planet, and uh, it's only going to get better. So um, I, my only advice to you is to continually monitor or not whether or not you really need to be on a contract because look at those, look at the SIM-only costs. Um, yeah. You know, your $70 plan is probably only going to be $60 or $55 a SIM-only. Yeah. And that $15 yeah. a month, you know, like stupid question, but could that be put on a credit card and you just pay for the phone up front? You know, think about the log- logistics of it. Of owning the phone yourself and and so I did give switching. that some thought, mm. and I thought say fifteen bucks a month over twenty four months is like you know three hundred and sixty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, and, and Trevor, I'm not real good at the math. No, no, and, and that's why that's why Vodafone is is the most competitive contract rates you'll find when you do those calculations with Telstra. You'll pretty much always yeah. find that being off contract and paying their their normal monthly amount is a better deal. But with Vodafone, yep. you know, you save fifteen bucks a month. You're basically saving three hundred and sixty dollars a year uh, over the life of the contract. No, it's not worth it. But the reason that it becomes worth it is if you think about any point during that time, 
changing carriers, um, going down to an even lower level, going up to a higher level. You've got freedom, and that's what you offer. But I totally accept that on a Vodafone plan, you are most likely better off on a contract. Because from my point of view, I've always got a, a call stand of it. Like, I was on the Telstra. I was paying 80 on Telstra. got 700 bucks a month worth of calls. Mm. I didn't go. I usually got a spend about half of that. But my thinking was that there were times when I spent the full 700. Yep, and so absolutely. for me, I just wanted the certainty of budgeting just to go, right, every month it's going to be X amount. First, you know thing I mean? you need, first thing you need to do, Cameron, is ring Telstra or look at your bills. Find out how many yep. minutes you're using. Because minutes yep. is a much better measure of, of usage. And then you can okay. look at you can look at Optus. Uh, you can look at Vodafone, which is unlimited anyway, so it doesn't matter. You can go to yep. Yatango, Y-A-T-A-N-G-O, Yatango, and you can actually work out with how much data you want, how much minutes you want, how many texts you want. You can actually find a, a plan exactly to suit you. Um, but again, Vodafone's got the best roaming. And do those third-party carrier companies, do they, like ones that use the Vodafone network, do you get the roaming still? None of them use the Vodafone network. Oh, I don't know. So no if I want Vodafone, anywhere. I've got to go Vodafone. 100%. If you want Vodafone roaming, got to be with Vodafone. Yeah. Okay. And Trevor, just if I can ask you one more quick question sure, about fitness bands. Yeah. Um, I'm wanting to get my wife a fitness tracker. And um, I've done some research and I've discovered that the majority of them seem to use um, the wristband and they, they count calories and all the rest of it. And they count, uh, and, and but they put the information up on your, your actual phone. But my wife's keen to have something which she can read on a display screen on a wrist. Um, uh, not not entirely. She's happy for it to sync to the phone, but she wants to be able to just glance down and see, you know, um, X number of calories yep. or X number of whatever. Yep. Um, I'm also wanting one that um, contains a heart rate monitor mm. because, um, and that I found really hard to find. And yep. and certainly a lot of them have. Um, that have a heart rate monitor use um, like a strap that goes yes. across your Most chest, of them apparently. will pair to your straps, and that, that's how they do the the heart rate. Um, unfortunately, so how does that work for a, for a woman with bras and all that sort of stuff? I, th- I think it just I goes... I'm probably an inappropriate model. Well, listen, <laughs> um, it's going to get inappropriate here when I try and explain it to you, but I think it just goes, <laughs> un- it goes below the bra in terms of just underneath the line there because I think it doesn't need to be on your heart. It just needs to be across the chest to, to detect okay. a, a beat. Uh, if you okay. like. Now, the Are only... they uncomfortable? Look, I think that you wouldn't want to... You would only wear them when you're going out for a jog. You wouldn't wear them all bloody yep. day. That's just insanity. No. So yeah, exactly. here's the problem. Um, the the screen is where... Th- there's no product that answers everything you've asked for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the the thing that, that... So Garmin, Vivo Fit, Garmin, Vivo Smart, Fitbit all have screens, very good screens. Um, they yep. do everything except the heart rate. Um, yeah. it's, um, the one that I'm thinking about though is, is coming soon. It's called the up three from jawbone. Now this thing has heart health sensors, measuring heart rate. It even measures the, the, the moisture in your skin. It's unbelievable, but it doesn't yeah. have a screen. So that's where it, that's where it kind of falls down. Um, so how do you deal with that? If you're having a workout say, and you're running around and all the rest of it, how do you check what, what's going on? Do you have to put oh, your cell phone? I out? think if you're, if you're having a, I think most of these fitness bands are for people who aren't working out. They're for people who want to track and monitor their sleep and their fitness and their health during the day. I think if you're uh-huh. doing workouts, then you yeah. want to get yourself a serious something something serious for workouts, like a Garmin Vivo sort of Vivo Smart, or even the, a watch like a fitness watch as a separate product for use at okay. those times. And I think they're I think they're two different usages, um, and we're probably a way off that being that being the norm. 
Oh, okay. So fitness watches, do they connect to your eye device and all that as well? Or are they just a straight-out analog-type watch? They can. There's a lot of fitness watches, like the Garmin ones, have just a stunning amount of information on the screen. So you don't need to sync them to your phone. You just need to sync them you know, now and then so that because the information's all on the watch. Um, and are they the Vivo Fit and all that, or are the they Vivo, different? No, the, there's a lot. Of, I can't remember what they call the, the range, but uh-huh. um, they, they have a fitness uh, watch range. Um, yep. which is you know just perfect for that kind of stuff. It's the forerunners, that's what they're called, forerunners. And there's a huge, like there's heaps of them. There's a million different versions of it. Um, okay. And they're the ones that are going to link up with a fit. Then you get your heart rate band for when you're doing exercise and all that kind of stuff. I just think you need to separate the two things, the the general fitness monitoring versus the yep. the exercising and workouts. Okay. And the general fitness one is the one that does calories and all that Yeah. versus the workout one, which will Correct. do heart rate. Is that yeah, right? that's right. And would I go to a Rebel store or something to find um, the Garmin fitness watches? I think you'll find, yes, that, that's probably the best place to look. I mean, obviously have a good look online first. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think your Rebel Sports, probably even your Dick Smith will have those products. And um, you're going to need to find the one that's going to fit the right, tick, tick enough boxes to, to get you over the line, mate. Yeah, righto. Excellent, Trevor. Thank All you right, so mate. much. I really enjoy the show, too. It's Thank very you, informative. mate. I really appreciate that. And I, th- I appreciate you reaching out. And hopefully that answers some of your questions, mate. Wonderful. Really appreciate it. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Now, something we've talked about a lot over the years, to be frank, is is internet security. And as I've said many times, originally we talked about viruses and antivirus, and then we talked about uh, internet security just as a way of broadly capturing what is so much more than viruses. And you have malware, and now we have phishing and the, the issue of links on websites or emails that may or may not be um, you know, safe to click on. And it's a really tough issue, and it's one we have to keep front of mind. So on the line to talk about that and much, much more is Tim Flinsky, uh, the Director of Consumer at Trend Micro here in Australia and New Zealand. How are you doing, Tim? I'm wonderful. How are you, Trevor? Yeah, really good. I mean, it is one of those things that uh, we need to just keep talking about because otherwise people probably lull themselves into a false sense of security. But you've got a a third quarter security roundup out at the moment. And, you know, there's some pretty scary things in there. The main one being people in Australia are clicking on malicious links more than ever and, frankly, more than most places in the world. Um, Yeah, well, if if you look at it from a population point of view, it's actually quite scary, Mm. but... The recent report and what we saw is that Australians are now ranked fifth in the world for clicking on malicious links, which is some 45.5 million links in Q3 alone. Mm. And it's it's just astonishing that uh, in this day and age um, that we're still doing this and opening ourselves uh, up to all of this. And what's what's funny to me about that is that if you have a simple product installed uh, like Trend Micro, um, you kind of just wouldn't even think about it because I installed, um, and, and I don't know the exact product name, but let, let me just be clear, I have Trend Micro protection here on my Mac, right? And so this is primarily on a Mac. The, the protection you want is for things like phishing and, and these kind of scams. And when I open up an email, it's just covered in green font and, and ticks because Trend Micro is basically reading those links for me and saying, yeah, no, we've checked that. It's cool. You can go there. And that's such a th- simple thing that so many people don't really get or appreciate. Yeah, it's um, well, this is the heart of our, our software program, but what we do is we link all of our users globally into a smart protection network, which gives us the ability to test links immediately. But there's a new virus going around the world and we pick it up, see it's malicious and someone even wants to test a link. We'll figure that out 
and we can shut down and warn people around the world of that malicious link faster than anyone else in the marketplace at the moment. We block some 250 million threats a day <laughs> from actually getting through to users by um, consolidating this information. And um, you've just got to be aware that these days things happen so, so fast. Um, I recently got an email from one of our retailers in New Zealand about a new threat that was going around and our mm. software hadn't quite picked it up. And our team, I, I flipped it onto the team and within uh, 30 minutes it had been identified, catalogued, and we were blocking that threat for anyone else who, who would pick it up. And that, that's the power of a network. But the reality is that there's more than two viruses or two new variations of a virus created every second. And that Whoa. makes it very, very hard to continue to be protecting all these different varieties that are out there. Someone's got to be first, right? Someone's got to be the first one to click on it and for you to go, hang on a minute, that's not right. But then after that, you, that's what the network provides, is that, uh, is that security and protection for, uh, for the whole world. Now, you know, that's, that's why the power of a large-scale product. And I've actually had people on the radio, sometimes people say to me, you know, what should I buy or do I need to pay for internet security? And I say, look, there's free things out there. Don't get me wrong. But there's something about the big companies. And, you know, Trend Micro, Kaspersky, Norton, there, there's lots of them. Um, but there really is only a couple at the top end like you are, which have this global network. And that's what gives you the the kind of strength and power. It's not just about buying power like a big company. It's about security power, isn't it? Yes, it is, definitely. And, like, you know, you mentioned about those free free uh, companies. All of those, when you actually download their free product, they're trying to upgrade you to a paid product throughout mm. the process. So they're not giving you full protection. And, and this comes back to to the point where those guys, what they give you for free is something called antivirus. So that works on your PC, resident there, and it's there to sort of track down any viruses coming on. But what we're finding is, because people have some form of antivirus, whether it be free or not, is that the majority of what you've got to do these days is look for a product that goes above and beyond. Because the way that the cyber criminals are attacking now is not through the viruses. So they're, they're now pushing out malicious links where a free product won't go and pick that up. Hmm. And so therefore, what you've got to do, and we're seeing more and more things. So we've gone from the attacks being a lot about your yeah, Nigerian prince in Africa, hmm. um, although those are around and people still try and pick those up, yep. to, you know, we, we looked at last quarter alone, there's 137,000 different varieties of online banking malware, where people are out there trying to get you to give away their, their information, um, which is just an incredible point of view. And this is all being driven by the fact that people now bank online. So this is no longer a virus that you download, you click, and it affects your PC. This is just an email coming through, and they think that you need to uh, you know, click and verify a link or check on a payment or whatever. And as soon as you click on that, bang, you've been called out. And you mentioned before our product highlights in green all, all the products. Um, for a product like that, we would actually, uh, if a user wants to double check whether that address goes, you can actually right click it and actually ask Trend Micro to check it prior to you going to that website. Right. And they say, well, hang on, this is not a, this is potentially a malicious website because we see some code there that isn't quite what you're looking at. But, you know, and then likewise, all the banks tell you we don't send emails like that, so mm. you've got to be careful. But, you know, the, every time you create a roadblock for cyber criminals, they find a new way to move around, which is uh, 
unfortunately, um, a way that we've got to consider and always be changing and be vigilant with what we do. And is it safe to say that people that are running, especially small business, need to be ever alert, if not more alert, than the home user because cyber criminals have kind of gone, well, we, we aren't, we, we'll keep cracking away at the home user, but gee whiz, there's some valuable data stored in some of these businesses and we're looking at ransomware happening now. We've got point-of-sale systems being attacked. It is so much more than just the home computer these days and I guess it's a really important message that people with, with businesses, small or large, need to be absolutely certain that they're offering themselves, let alone their customers, a, a level of protection that, that they can be sure of. Uh, look, that is very true. Um, one of our security predictions for 2015 is that we, we're seeing, and, and this has already started now in 2014, that there will be bolder hacking attempts aimed at what we term the honeypots, the mm. bigger, bigger areas. So they're not after you and me, they're after businesses. Because in businesses, they think they can extract money. Businesses have to now be uh, provide more data. So you've seen, and we've seen across this year, hacks of eBay uh, as, as an example, the Apple iCloud hack and all the other kind of bits and pieces. Mm. However, one thing that we, we've noted of, of most interest is with the number of small businesses that there are in Australia, Australia is probably one of the leaders in attacks on small businesses out there. Mm. Um, and they're very, very targeted attacks. And what we're finding this year as a different variety as well is when they attack and actually get a virus onto your computer system, they don't ask everyone for $100,000. They actually research your business and actually ask you for an amount of money that they believe that you can pay back. Oh, so it's not random. So, they're, they're, they're pretty targeted in those senses. Yes, it, it, and, and this is what we term, it, it's almost becoming organised crime now. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. So it's not a check on, on Joe's Pizzeria they know Joe's Pizzeria. They look it up. They're very, very careful. They check his IP address from his website, and then they go about setting up a hack operation on him, knowing that if they hack him and get in there, they can probably extract $15,000 in ransom for him to release his records back to him. So from a small business point of view, you know, we, we're, we're quite strong and trying to get out there and talk to all of these people to say that nowadays, don't just think it's the big guys like eBay, etc., it's everyone that they're after. And in Australia, with the amount of small businesses we have, um, they really have to be careful. So what? back, back to the consumer level, um, you still offer Trend Micro offer, and this is, and I'm, I'm not going directly to Trend Micro here, this is very similar for a lot of the companies, but with your product range, you, you do have a, you know antivirus kind of plus product, then you have an internet security product, then there's a, high, a few higher levels than that. Uh, you know, would you say that the internet security is is almost the minimum level to be considering these days because of the the simple stuff there, like even family protection, let alone privacy protection that that is included with internet security in these these days? Yeah, we we uh, from a trend micro point of view uh, decided to make a statement in in Australia, New Zealand, um, about a year ago now, and we removed from sale um, in all of our retailers the antivirus plus product right. because. Like you've just mentioned, we believe that internet security as a is a minimum level that people need, mm. and it, it's important that um, you know we whilst we have an antivirus product and you know we we renew people and allow them to buy buy online if they they will really like it. Mm. It's not going to actually protect you in the world. Uh, what we're seeing, and, and as we look forward at our predictions for 2015, where it's going to be even more mobile based, mm. um, internet security in itself is becoming a product that is going to give you protection on your PC and on your Mac and on your notebook, 
but it's not going to actually be able to handle you on your mobile devices, mm. which is what our maximum security product does. It will also cover your Android tablet, your iOS environment. Mm. And when we start looking at those platforms, um, you know, some of the numbers we're starting to see are very, very scary. Mm. Um, you know, when we go back to the, the start of that platform, six out of ten apps were, were, were pretty safe and four out of ten had some sort of uh, malicious behaviour with them. What we're seeing getting added to the app stores right now is in the order, it's actually flipped around where six to seven out of ten apps that have been loaded up into app stores have actually got some level of malicious nature with them, whether they be a data stealer or they're privacy hacking and sending your information off. It's not very, very good. And, you know, I sort of sat back and said, well, how's that happening? And it's the reality that people like the ANZ Bank, Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, they've all released their apps. They're not putting new apps out anymore. Mm. So when you look at the new apps that are coming into the stores now, more and more of them, and, and this is where the cyber criminals are, are hacking, are trying to actually get in there to steal your data. We're doing more and more things in a mobile world. We do our banking online. Uh, with, uh, now with the new Apple system, and uh, Google's had it for a while, uh, people now are going to have their credit cards included in their phones. Um, it's a new world for these guys, and they're trying desperately to figure out where it has. We've talked computers, we've talked mobile phones. There's another problem with the internet, which is a great thing about the internet because it's creating a huge connected world, but it's creating other devices that had not even been thought of until a couple of years ago, and that's the internet of things. I've got light globes, I've got uh, door locks, I've got everything running on the internet of things. Where does that leave us in the, in the next you know few years? Because that's got to be a, a future risk for us. And yes, I think it is, but I think that word that you use, future, is probably where it's at. So, you know, in the world today, we talk about data and, and the Internet of Things and everything is going to have such massive amounts of data out there. And the real question is, what are they going to do with it? So if a cyber criminal can hack into your fridge, what does that do for him? <laughs> if he can hack, hack into your Fitbit, uh, you know, what information they're going to get? So... What we talk about at the moment with the Internet of Everything, the Internet of Things, is that you know you do want to have a, a secure home environment. So I think it's important to make sure that you run a security protocol on your router, which is where a lot of people are hacking into our lives, mm. and make sure. And if you secure your router, then you know webcams inside of your house and all the rest of it are going to be a little bit secure. Um, but the main thing is that we're yet to see a killer application out there that actually does anything. We're seeing some people play with them, but I don't think a big area. The only part about the Internet of Everything that I would like to warn people about is that with a lot of these devices, you need to open up a, a, an account, uh, whether it be with your Fitbit, with the, your, your electronic scales or whatever. You need to have a username and password. And this is where the one thing that we would like to warn people about is to make sure that you use different passwords mm. for different accounts because... What may happen is that if they manage to hit into a Fitbit or someone like that and still still passwords and you use the same password for your banking or you use your same password for your Gmail account, they're going to get access to everything. So in a world of Internet of Everything where we're going to have to have more accounts, just make sure and watch your passwords out there because the average person has 26 accounts but only five passwords. Oh. So therefore a lot of people are repeating passwords and if one area gets hacked, 
or one resource gets hacked, they may get they may be able to open up your life. And that's where a password manager can come in handy. And there's plenty on the market, including the one that comes with Trend Micro Maximum Security. It's uh, it's all good advice. We don't need to be scared. We just need to be aware of these things. Keep ourselves protected, and as I've said a million times, having internet security and, and paying the annual fee for an internet security, we don't blink at car insurance, we don't blink at home insurance. I just don't understand why people blink when it comes to the you know sixty, seventy, hundred dollars that might be uh, up for for the internet security. But uh, that's another problem for another day, Tim. Thanks for the chat, mate. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you for listening. You can uh, tweet me a question at Trevor Long or you can get in touch on the website eftm.com.au or yourtechlife.com goes to pretty much the same place. Uh, anytime you've got a question, problem, just want to have a chat about anything technology, get in touch, say good day. Good day, Veronica. Hi, Trevor. I've got a problem. Oh, no. What's the problem? Yeah. Well, you know those Brisbane storms the other day? Mm-hmm. Well, when I logged in, when I, I was at work at the time, being hailed on big time, um, but when I got home and logged into my computer and went into Google Chrome, my browser, um, it's Japanese. It's um, I haven't been going to use it ever since. I thought maybe I've got a virus, but it's it's just even when I go into YouTube now, all the ads are in Japanese. <laughs> so everything you do on the internet is Japanese. Well, no, actually, it says google.co.jp is offered in English. Yeah, so that, that, but that's, that is... There's Japanese on all the other writing, though. What browser um, are you using? Google Chrome. You're not in front of the computer right now, are you? Yep, right in front of the computer now. Do me this. Um, Go to a website, open up Google Chrome, and uh, go to a website called uh, www.com. What is my IP? W H A T I S M Y dot What? So all one word. What W H A T? Yes. Is I S my M Y I P I the letter I the letter P dot com. Is my IP dot oh it just comes up as a dot com and then hit enter. Dot com, yes. Enter. Now, you get like a blue page. The top left is whatismyip.com, the IP yeah, address experts. And it says your IP. Now, don't read it out, but it'll be yeah. a set of numbers. What Underneath yeah. that, there's an ad, and then it says proxy city, state, country. What does it say? Brisbane. And country, Queensland. AU. Exactly, yeah, AU. Oh. So what this is, uh, as a bit of backgrounder and a little learner for people, so your IP address is the, is the it's the phone number for your computer, essentially. It's the number that yeah. only your computer has, or really, okay. to be to be clear, only your house has. So I've got about okay. 30 devices connected to my network here, and they've all got yeah. the same IP address as far as the um, the outside world is concerned. Okay. And um, and that's how websites see you and identify you. But And that's mm-hmm. also how... Websites determine where you are. So mine says Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And I was hoping, frankly, that yours would say, you know, Tokyo, Japan for some crazy reason. And that's why uh, it's happening to you. Now, do you have a Google uh, account, like a Google email address? Yes. So it sounds to me like your your Google preferences have been changed. Um, Now, I need need to think about where they are. Is that a virus that's not into my... No, I, I think it's no. it's it's either been a you know incorrect click or Google's made a little error of themselves, you know, just and simply pressed I, the wrong thing. 
and and yeah, you just need to you need to open up your preferences. The problem is, I'm not sure where that is. I remember looking. Um, I remember looking for it. So it's Google.com forward slash preferences. But when I go there, um, oh, hang on. So yes, this might well, work. I found the preferences page before. It didn't really have anything about Location. that made sense to me. So like, go to go to Google.com.au forward slash preferences. Now, I'm looking at that while you do, and this is interesting. There's an extra button here that I didn't see before, but it comes up with search results, languages, and location. And uh, this is where I'm going to type Sydney, for example. Save. A-U forward slash preferences. That's it. E-R-E. I'm going to write Tokyo. I'm going to do the opposite. Oh, please enter a valid Australian city. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, yep. so, so you get yeah, a, this is where I was before, and it didn't. And on the left hand really. side, what does it say? Search results. Search results, languages, local oh, languages. No location. Oh, location underneath it. Yes. Yes. There's, so click that. Brisbane, Queensland. Yes. And it says that it says Brisbane, Queensland. There does it. Brisbane, Queensland. Wow. Yep. Well, you got me officially. Stuck. And when I go into languages, it's in English for sure. So location. I've, so just just get rid of the Brisbane Queensland thing again. Just type uh, just type Brisbane in there, and then hit save. Okay, save. And then uh, it should take you back to the Google page. Google says your preferences have been saved. Okay. Can you now? What happens if you just go Google dot com? Okay. Suspense is killing me. No, it's come up with, as soon as I press my Chrome little, my little Chrome token, it comes up with uh, google.co.jp. Okay, hang on. What little Chrome token are you pressing? Well, you know, the little um, Chrome thingy, the little... Um, the icon? That's like the app. It's the, mm. the the red, the yellow, the green, and the blue dot in the middle. Okay, what happens, if you now, what happens if you now just go to google.com.au? Like opening it on Internet Explorer. No, Google. I'm just in Google Chrome. Just in Google Chrome. Yep, and then up the um, top, up the top side. So well, I, I usually open my Google Chrome by pressing that little dot. That's fine. In the so, bottom. so press that little. Where's this little dot located? Somewhere in your yeah. Windows computer. Yeah, it's it? just on my bar down the bottom. Okay, so yeah, click that. The taskbar or whatever it's called. Click that, and then click then that. instead of and don't worry about what appears, but up in the address bar, type yeah. google.com.au. You with me? Mm-hmm. It helps when you read it out, so we know you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, doing it. Yep, well, googlecom.au has come up with, okay. um, I just select google.com.au, and it's come up with Google Australia, no problem. So, with uh, au in the address bar, so that looks all normal. That's how I'd like it to look. Right, so now, uh, up the top, just above where you typed that, um, yes. you've got your tab, you know, that says Google, right? Yep. Drag yep. that tab with your mouse. Oh, hang on. It doesn't work. Yeah. No, it must be a different I've, browser. Hang on. Uh, I've got Windows 7. You've got Windows 7 and you're using Google Chrome, yeah? Google yep. Chrome home page setting. Because I, I think that Google Japan is simply set as your um, um, set as your default home page. Uh, settings on startup. But how did that happen? Well, let's not worry about that now. Let's just fix it, oh. eh? Um, on startup. So, 
Um, on the right-hand side of the Google Chrome browser, yep. there's three yep. little bars, um, horizontal bars that yep. people call the hamburger. Click on that and then click yep. settings. Settings, yep. Yep. Okay, that's right down. Yes, settings now, above it says, Google. It says yep. sign in and then on startup. Does it? See that there? Sign in, yes. Ne- next, one sign is, to- uh, next one underneath that is on startup. On startup, open the new tab page, open specific page or click, set. Click on, click on op- open a specific page. Oh, yep. And then go set, okay. p- set pages. That's set pages. And now in the yep. add page name, type google.com.au. Do I put the www in? Look, it, just... won't, it won't hurt, but it also I don't think it won't matter. G-O-O-G-L-E dot C-O-M dot A-U. And then click OK. Whoops, I got the dots. Dot com dot A-U. And then click OK. Okay. Is and now, okay. now it says startup pages, and is there one or two listed there? Um, on startup, it just says open tab new page, continue where you left off, or open specific page. That's all it says. There's yeah, three now, options. Now and click, then it goes now, appearance. Now click set pages. Set pages. Which is what you just did, wasn't it? Yep, that's there. Yeah, and, exactly. And now startup pages, does it say Google? Is there just the one listed there, or is there two? That's all, just the one listed there. Okay, good. Now click OK. It's, well, there's two. There's google.com and then there's google.com.au. Okay, get just put your mouse over the google.com and hit, yep. the, hit the little X to get rid of that. Okay. Get rid of that, got it. Now click OK. Okay. Now, now close Google Chrome. Close it. Yep. yep. Now open it up with your little button down the bottom. Down the bottom, and we have Australia back. Yay! Oh, I feel I Thank feel you so much. relinquished. Uh, although it was the simplest thing, we should have done that at the start. People are listening, going, "You, you idiot. sure it's not a virus or anything?" No, I don't think it could. Look, have you got antivirus installed? Yes, I've got Norton's installed. Perfect. Internet security or antivirus? Um, it's internet security. You'll be fine. Relax, breathe, yep. enjoy your Google experience, Veronica. Phew. Glad Thanks I could so help. Much. Good on you. One quick question. Yes. One quick question. Yes. Do you still recommend not to install the new operating system on a iPhone 4S? A 4S? Yeah, tough. I'm just. Tough. It's tough. I, I, I don't know. I'm not using one. I, I can't speak for it. I know people that are. So I definitely have mm. seen people in the wild, as we say, using it. So mm. um, it shouldn't be a problem. It really shouldn't be a problem. And um, mm. and, and and therefore, you should give it a go if you want to. But. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not that adventurous. No, I, I, my phone works perfectly fine. Keep, I just, love it. You know no, what? Just, just keep going awesome. until it till it basically, the apps that you really want to use tell yeah. you you need to. Okay. Good on you, Veronica. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, oh, thank you so much again, Trevor. You're a lifesaver. Thank no you. All right, that's it for the day, for the week, for the hour or however long we've gone. Um, I should remind you, uh, because I did it tonight for funsies, uh, EFTM, the uh, Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. We'll just search for EFTM. Uh, We reviewed a set of uh, $399 Sennheiser Urbanite XL headphones this week, and um, we're giving them away. I don't need them. I'm not going to, I can't just hoard stuff. Uh, and there, there will be no need for these for me in the future. I don't need to sit them side by side with another, which is why we keep a lot of mobile phones. Um, so we put them up on the Facebook page. Easy to give away. All you got to do is like EFTM, and then 
Tell us where you most need and most enjoy having headphones. There's over 113 responses already there, but you can get in as well. We'll read them all and pick a winner Wednesday night. So if you're listening before Wednesday night, jump onto Facebook, like EFTM, please, and uh, and you can be in the in the running to win those Urbanite XLs from Sennheiser, $399 headphones, so nothing to be laughed at. And you can read Chris Bowen's uh, full review at EFTM.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back again next week. Uh, we are only a few weeks away from Christmas. We are only four weeks away from the trip to Las Vegas for the CES Consumer Electronics Show. I will bring you all of that. And I'll be here most weeks in the lead up to Christmas. Um, I don't know what we'll do about a break. Let's have a quick look while we're here. While we're thinking, uh, I'll be here next week. I'll be here the week after. Um, Christmas Eve that week. Yeah, I'll see how we go. We might we might still do a show that week. And, uh, and of course, we'll be back in the new year. I'll do a pre-CES show on the, on the last couple of days of December. And then we'll be podcasting daily from CES. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, and I appreciate your support, your downloads, and I love it when you reach out and say good day. Jump on Twitter and say good day at Trevor Long. Talk to you next week. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long.